from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, this is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Well, and welcome to the Hammer Down Racing Report for Thursday, November 29th, the final. You're Scott Hammer. Yeah, you're Ron Miller. I am, yeah, have been. And we have another Ron in the studio with us tonight. Yeah. Ron Schultz has uh, joined us. We'll be talking to him a little bit later. We're going to talk to uh, Mark Dowdy as well. We'll be calling in. He's not coming in from where's that, and, Alabama. And, and the theme of tonight's show, as well as our last show a couple of weeks ago, is overcoming adversity. Physical uh, racers overcoming adversity. Absolutely. Like so a lot to uh, touch on tonight. <laughs> Are you good? No. Oh. Never mind. It's okay. We got earbud problems. Uh, again. Uh, Thanks uh, to everybody out there that has nominated uh, the Hammerdown Racing Report for the Best of Toledo, uh, the Toledo City Paper, Best of Toledo, the best uh, podcast in Toledo. We can still vote for that until December 18th, so still plenty of time to get in on that. Well, and we really and do it daily. And we really appreciate people taking the time to nominate us. Now they've got to vote us the best. Yeah, we're up against five other local podcasts. Yeah, we can't let those chicks beat us. No. I'm happy that we got nominated, which is cool, but uh, let's take it take it another step there. We have that link. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's on our Facebook page. It's a uh, pinned post right there at the top. To click on that, it'll take you to Toledo City Papers page, and uh, you got to wait for the thing to load up. you got to wait a second. Then it says vote now. Click on that. You're good. Uh, how about management here at iHeart? Um, what about them? Are, are, are they thrilled that we were nominated? Yeah. We had a, a few people that uh, that have been nominated. We have uh, Scott Sandsbeck and Mick uh, were up for best DJs. I want to say one of our morning shows was nominated. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a few. So yeah. we're, we're the only podcast we the from, from iHeart. Yes, that's, that's, that's a cool deal. We are the flagship po- podcast of iHeart Radio Toledo. That is amazing. I guess so. And, and in only, what, 64 shows we've this accomplished This is show yet? number 60. 60, okay. And we've 63 accomplished... 63 weeks, I think. That's that's amazing. Hopefully uh, everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Been two weeks. It was like my first Thursday off all year. It was kind of nice. Yeah. And we're going to have official updates on the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals going yeah, on. We, we, uh, we have access to the Dirt on Dirt and uh, we'll be we'll be having live updates, and we have an official correspondent in the studio with us. Absolutely, for that Dave Gumby Jr., who uh, I could turn this this way, and then my camera can get you. Oh, yeah, he, he's our official statistician for the night yeah. for uh, the Gateway Dirt Race. They just did the uh, the uh, late model qualifying, right? That's all they got done so far. Yeah, so far. Have and they started on anything else yet, Dave? No, they're still heating motors up in the midgets. All righty then. Get that microphone on you. Tanner English uh, looks to be the fast qualifier so far. 11.119. Davenport second. Uh, other uh, names of note? Well, they're all names of note, actually. Dome, Dome was actually 11. Is that, is that Zach Dome? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach yeah, Dome was amazing in hot laps. He yeah. was... He was almost a half a second faster than everybody. I really expected him to sit on the pole, but yeah, in hot laps, if he went off a hot laps time, he would have been sitting second because he ran eleven one nine nine. Wow, Rusty Schlenk fifteenth, uh, ninth fast in his uh, in was it the first round qualifying? Yeah, but fifteenth uh, overall because you did the math. 
Yes. Good job. What, what is it, Dave? Uh, 94, car, 94 late models entered? Yeah, 94, 93, and then they got like 54 mods and then 50 mod, um, midgets. And the midgets were, were restricted to 50 entries, correct? Yeah, and then the mods were invited too. Okay. And again, that's the Gateway Dirt Nationals that actually kicks off an hour from now because they're, as it was pointed out to me, I was like, hey, they're starting at the same time we're starting. No. They're an hour behind because that's central time zone. So if you, were gonna, if you were going to watch it Live on from Dirt, the dome. if you're going to watch it on your phone on Dirt on Dirt, don't get rid of us. You, you yeah. can, we'll, you we'll, can, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up by 8 o'clock tonight yep. so you, you won't miss you can, any racing. You yet. can endure us for an hour and then jump over. Yeah, there you go. Like, well, Davey's watching it now, though. So If you have two phones, then you're, then you're styling. But we'll talk more about the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals a little bit later. Uh, again, uh, we're going to be talking to Ron Schultz. Uh, I guess I have you as a sportsman driver. How would how would you uh, classify yourself? Sportsman slash late model dirt race car driver. Race car, oh, yeah. race, race car driver. You gotcha. started out in the bomber class. No, I started off uh, Detroit Iron at Toledo Speedway. Okay, that's right. Oh. Yeah. So we'll be talking to you. He was, and, he was a convert. And what happened to you uh, actually prior to your your dirt racing career that? Uh, has made things a interesting. Bit, yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, challenging. challenging. Yeah. And Mark Dowdy, who is a uh, dirt late model racer, you said he was uh, from around here. Yes, okay. uh, I, I think he was originally from Jackson, and he can okay. he'll he'll fill us in on that. But now is uh, in Alabama, still races. He's paralyzed from uh, the waist down, I believe. He was yes. in a motorcycle accident. So uh, we'll be talking to him as well as uh, we have some silly season updates. Uh, more on the Gateway Dirt Nationals this weekend. And uh, and more. The All silly the silly season has been extraordinarily silly this year. It has been a little little bit. We'll try and uh, sort that out for you. Uh, don't forget to uh, visit the Hammerdown Racing Report online or on our website, HammerdownRacingReport.com. Haven't updated that in quite a while, but uh, we do have our store on there where you can buy official Hammerdown Racing Report swag. Links to our Facebook page and our iHeartRadio uh, channel on there as well as and, and the advertising hammer, information if you want to be and, an And the Hammerdown Racing Report swag is is a really cool Christmas present. There you go. Know what else is a really cool Christmas present? Gift certificates from Ron Miller Race there Cars. There you go. Or, or tires. Or tires. Uh, we've talked about that before, Scott. Nothing says How Merry many? Nothing says Merry Christmas like, like a stack of tires under the Christmas tree. Now, do those come gift-wrapped from Ron Miller Race Cars? Uh, not from Ron Miller Race Cars. <laughs> you wouldn't want anything that I gift-wrapped. That's pretty crude. Okay. I pay the kids and grandkids to do that for me. You need to hire some elves. Yeah. Put a beard on. Yeah. A red hat. I think that'd work. <laughs> I'm just envisioning Ornery Don in an elf costume. Well, there's a pleasant thought. Oh uh, so if uh, looking for something to get that racer in your family or friend or whatever, give Ron a call, 734-856-7223. That's 856-RACE. And uh, he's located up there in beautiful downtown Lamberville. Okay. And actually, I'm in the suburbs of beautiful downtown You're Lamberville. right by the airport out there. I am. So. You can fly in. Actually, you actually, can fly in. No, no, no. Seriously. We've we've had a customer fly in uh, to pick up tires. And I just... Were they gift wrapped? No. Oh. But they were shiny and new. All right. I, I just, I drove around the bean field and went over to the airport and... Uh, so you actually met him at the airport? Met him at the airport and uh, we chatted for a minute and he hopped in his plane and our tires left. So there you go. That's some good service there. Right it, it, was, it was fun. It really was. Uh, and if you can't uh, 
decide on exactly what you need, uh, you can, like uh, Ron said, just get a gift card, right? They don't. Th- gift cards don't show a whole lot of thought, though. That's true. Yeah. Right. If you give Ron a call, he will actually help you out too. I mean, he can come up with some pretty good ideas. Uh, Christmas is a great time uh, for safety equipment. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, as uh, Joe uh, Nicolay would would uh, would attest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get the best. Yeah. You know, Seriously, a lot of people, moms, dads, grandpas, aunts, uncles, would have a problem buying a set of tires for a racer for Christmas, but no problem at all buying gloves or a driver's suit or a helmet, and those make great gifts. Hans device? Yeah, Hans device. They gift wrap nicely. What about a, oh, a containment seat? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that came in a box because it doesn't come oh, it all does. together. Yeah, it yeah. does. That would make a perfect gift. So there you go. There's your, there's your plug. That was an extended Ron Miller race cars plug. Uh, racing this past weekend, well, even the weekend before, since we were off for the past couple of weeks, uh, not much going on anymore. The Turkey Gobbler at Moeller Raceway uh, was finally canceled after uh, three attempts due to rain and frigid uh, temperatures. Yeah, and, and this weekend was going to be a no-go. No. And, so really the um, only and, ra- and next weekend is probably going to be a no-go. Looking at the extended forecast. Well, they've canceled it, so they're yeah, done for the year. Yeah. And unless you're doing indoor racing, pretty much you're done for this year. Unless you're Sandusky Speedway and it's the hangover race. Yeah. And that's not that far away, Scott. Oh, my gosh. That's about a month away, isn't it? Just. Wow. Uh, You got your car ready? Let's talk about uh, NASCAR just for a real quick minute. Joey Logano, of course, won the Monster Energy Cup Series Championship. He was the... The three, the big three, and me, and he was the me, and he won. And you know, I was okay with that. I really eh, was. I was. Eh. There, there's a lot of Joey Logano haters, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. He deserved the win, and he he, he deserved to be there. Okay. I can't argue with that. I, I don't like the fact that he won, but you're right. He earned it, fair and square. Your guy can't always win, right? He he did what he had to do to put himself in the race and. Do you think uh, that he would make he'll do anything to help uh, NASCAR's image or anything? Being the champion, carrying that torch, sliced bread. You he's mean he's like the face of uh, sliced bread. Yeah, remember when he came into NASCAR? Know. Wasn't that Mark that, that, Martin? Yeah, called him that sliced bread. He was the greatest thing since. Well, so what is he now? I don't know. What a, doesn't look, doesn't look bread at, get stale? It's hard and crusty. Look look at Kyle Busch, you know. Is he growing mold? Look at Kyle Busch. Everybody hated him. And, He's like and penicillin, penicillin now. Maybe. Uh, I carried that too far. Sorry about that. Okay. So what were you saying? He's like uh, Kyle Busch now? Yeah. Well, you know, Kyle Busch. Nobody liked Kyle Busch three, four years ago. But Do people even, still like him? Yeah, people he, kind of felt sorry for him when he broke his leg. Yeah, foot at you Daytona. know, got married, had a kid, and he toned down... A little bit. He grew up. Well, you'll have that. Well, not really. He you know, it happens. To, well, still no. Head, but no, I mean, some okay. people never grow up. They they might get older, but some people never grow up. So, yeah. A lot of talk about. Uh, <laughs> what, Ron? <laughs> yeah, feel free to chime in whenever you, you want. You got something to say? Just jump right in. <laughs> you know, the Kyle Bush thing. And that, you know, I. Didn't like him at first, but after Chicagoland, when he said, you know, you guys are a bunch of babies, if you don't like that kind of racing, go home, you know, that, hey, he summed it up pretty good. That That's when, it. When him and uh, Larson traded a little paint on the last lap, and and he summed it up quite well. I liked it, you know. Okay. It's Fair racing. Enough. It's not, you know. 
you know, deliberately taking somebody out, that's wrong. But, you know, doing what you have to do to get to the front, well, especially NASCAR with the, the, the purses being what they are and uh, the format that they've come but they up don't, with. they don't uh, announce the purses anymore because of the whole... Yeah, but it's... Whatever they call the team It's, it's, a, it's astronomical. That's, is it? that's enough. Well, yeah. the cost of fielding a team, I believe, is astronomical. Right, that's right. why... What, Truex's uh, team folded folded up. Yeah. It's too expensive. He was the champion the year before. Finished second this year. Anyways, big changes, I guess, uh, could be coming to NASCAR in uh, 2020. ARCA's coming to NASCAR in 2020. So, well, they've yeah. already got some big changes there where they've kind of uh, announced they're combining the uh, K&N series. We're not really combining them, but uh, kind of making them. The, mer- so, the yes, merging them. The final part of it, yeah. Right. So. The, the final, what is it, 10 races, I think, will be... Yeah, short tracks, and if you ran the K&N Series previous nine or eight races, whatever it is, then you can run with the ARCA Series for, the, it's a challenge series or something, I don't remember. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting, I guess. Uh, that's it for NASCAR. Let's oh, and congratulations to Ethan Stanuchek. Yeah? He was the one that picked uh, Joey Logano a couple weeks ago. Oh, that won't be his win, though, will it? No, probably not. Okay. But he's got to wait a while unless he's coming out. Uh, New Year's Dusty. Day. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, we got Mark Dowdy is going to be calling in in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, before that, let's talk to Ron Schultz. Thanks for coming in and joining us. You've been racing for how long now? 21 years. 21 years. So tell, tell us about how you got started in racing, and then we'll – Talk about the incident that happened before. Hey, well, how I got started in racing, my brother raced a car at the Little Speedwind to Detroit Iron. I crewed and I helped out from. Loved doing it, but also hated hated doing it. Why did you hate it? Well, because I wanted to be out there. Oh, okay. And uh, kind of just cut to the chase, make the long story short, I had a 66 Ford Galaxy 500 that I had bought from a friend, and it was in rough shape, and I had ideas of restoring it. Well, guess what happened there? Them ideas went right out the window. That was my first race car. I probably had about a whole three, four hundred dollars tied up into the whole thing, and it it was from then on. I got hooked big time. I, you know, I've always been around it. So you started off on pavement then. Yeah, first four years ran pavement. I've always been around it and. I knew from night one that I was in trouble with this racing thing and that <laughs> the bug was because I had come out that first night and I was going to be fast qualifier. You know, I had it. You were sure of the that. First night oh, yeah. in the first night in a race car. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. Well, I was going to be fast qualifier. So I come out of four, you know, on a short track at Toledo, spun. Okay. So they could give it another try. Second time, I was going to be fast qualifier again. I come out of four, spun again, ran over the timing light, ran over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So they gave me one more try. Third well, time's a charm, right? Third time was a charm. I wasn't fast as qualifier. But you went in a full circle. Yes. I mean, yes, one full circle, you know. Not just a little circle, a big circle. Yep. And then uh, heat race time come, car... Died in the chute, couldn't fire it up. 
So I missed the heat race. Feature time comes. Well, I start on the pole of the feature, being that it's total invert. <laughs> you know, so, okay. <laughs> so that tells you something there. I was not fast qualifier. I was the slow qualifier. I can honestly say that my first career competition lab of racing, I led. While you were sitting in the staging lane, were your knees knocking together? I, no. Not really? No. Okay. No. I think I, I led my very first lap, too, because I started on the pole. Yeah. And my knees were knocking because it was like two degrees outside. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but uh, So how, how did you get from uh, Detroit Iron to uh, start racing on dirt? Uh, the fourth year that I raced Detroit Iron, Toledo Speedway closed a week earlier than Oakshade. So I took my whole Detroit Iron car to Oakshade. Once I got on dirt, it was over. It's over. It's you know. I said, "Well, this is me. You don't have to worry about me going back to pavement. This is this is my, this is this is racing now." So what was what was it about the dirt that uh, that had you hooked? It was different. It was faster. It was a lot more fun, you know, because it kind of gets a little sideways. And, and the then, track was a lot bigger than yeah. what you were used to. It with well on the little track at Toledo. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to the yeah, the little track of Toledo. Yeah, it was a lot bigger than that. And it was just, I just liked it. I took to it quite well in that. And then we went and we built bombers, ran bombers for years. And then when they changed the rules from the bombers to the sportsmen, I was kind of like the car I had was right in between. So I figured rather than go backwards, I'm going up forward. I'm going to run sportsmen. And Ryan converted the car for me. That was back when there were bombers and then there were super bombers that, mm. uh, you know, technically they may have been legal, but they certainly weren't in the spirit of the rules. Super bombers. Yeah. I like that. We should change the name of the whole yeah. class. I think Chrissy's on here. Yeah, not at all. You know, it was, like I said, that. You know, they ran racing tires. It was my, the last year I ran bombers, the chassis I had was a third design asphalt howl. Well, let's uh, let's go back and talk about mm. what happened to you when you were 18 that uh, that makes uh, your situation a little bit more unique than most uh, drivers. <laughs> what got me on a radio show tonight? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, gonna be, I'm quite candid about it, Ned. So if I make a term in that, you know, I'm not touchy about it's, it. It's a, it's a podcast, so yeah. we can say what we want. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not touchy or sensitive about it. You know, I'll make jokes about it with anybody. Well, what happened was I was in Chicago in 1978. It was May 20th, that weekend of. I went there to bowl in the Peterson Classic. And we bowled on Sunday, so that Saturday night we went out. We had dinner and that, and... It was going to carry on a little bit, and I decided, nah, I'm going back to the hotel. It was a nice night. I decided to walk back to the hotel, and I walked in the wrong neighborhood. And I was met by a couple guys, and they proceeded to shoot me and rob me. And they didn't get much money, did they? Uh, about 80 bucks. But the money's insignificant, yeah. very insignificant. You know, I remember when the shot was fired, I remember the flash and the pop and, you know, and I went down. I never really lost consciousness, but I fell face down. I knew something had happened. I didn't know what, though. I, you know, I was quite disorientated. 
And the next thing I know, there is a Chicago police officer telling me that, you know, I had been shot. We're going to get you to a hospital. You're going to be all right. Okay. So I thought I went in an ambulance. No, they took me right in the wagon from there. They took me to the first hospital, and then they turned me away and said, go right to Northwestern, and that's more suited for the trauma. So I got there, and things were going on. I can't really go through everything that was going on. And the last thing I remember was the ear, nose, and throat doctor come in and explained to me that my neck's swelling, and it's going to cut off my breathing. And that. So they had to give me a trach. And after that, I really don't remember a whole lot, you know, for the next few days. And that it was, you know, in and out. And I wound up, well, I was paralyzed because it was a C5, C6 gunshot wound to the spinal cord. And I was paralyzed from the neck down. And little by little, you know, the first sign was a couple days after Annette that, you know, things might go in the right direction, but they weren't sure because they did something to me and I twitched. And they didn't know if it was an involuntary twitch or something, you know, that meant that, you know, I might have had some feeling or something in that. And through a lot of therapy, I spent from May 20th at Rehabilitation Institution of Chicago till November 1st. Then I come back to Toledo, went to outpatient therapy, and then I went to Green Springs. But 44 days after the incident, I asked the doctors, I said, you know, hey, I understand this is you know, the severity of it. I says, give it to me straight. Am I ever going to walk again? He says, uh, he says, the extent of your injuries, he says, I don't see it happening. And you know, what a shock. 18 years old, 350 miles from home and, you know, can't move, (laughs) you know, so, whoa, you know, what a, what a blow, you know. And this was before you had any, was before you had any aspirations of becoming a race car driver, right? I've always been around racing. Okay, you know, I I went to Toledo Speedway every year. Well, except the year, but, I got, except it, the year I got shot. I always I've always hung around racing and that. I always loved it and that. No, and had I, you yeah. ever had you ever thought about actually racing? Well, though, I always thought that? about it, but okay. you know, the, doesn't everybody? You know, no. the, you know. But no, I no my goals back then was. I wanted to become a professional bowler at 20. I had it planned out where I had to go to the age of 24. I said I wanted to get good in this town. And then, you know, once I could, you know, uh, hold my own in this town, then think about going out on tour. Well, that never materialized. And, yeah. But you still bowl. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so, I do. So how long, uh, I mean, obviously you proved the doctors wrong. I saw you walk in here. Mm-hmm. How long uh, did it take to, to get to get up to that? Well, I was up and walking like with a platform walker by the time I left there, left Chicago. But it wasn't a lot of steps. When I took my first steps on my own, it was like January of 79. I was at home in my bedroom and that my brother and I, had you know, room together. You know, we had two beds, and there was just like a little three-foot 
pathway in between them and that. So I figured if I get up, as long as I don't fall forward or backwards, if I fall side to side, I'll fall into a bed. And I got up, just took some steps, and that started it all. It just you know went on from there. And Before we uh, run out of time, let's talk about some of your successes at the hangover race at Sandusky. <laughs> oh, he was telling me <laughs> okay. about that. Okay. Do we want to talk about it? Before, okay. we, before we get to that, though, I mean, is there anything special about your car, you know, for to help you uh, to drive it? I mean, the only thing I have to adapt to it is I have a Barney knob, spinner knob on it. It's, everything else is everything else is the same you know, car you would drive. Ron would drive. As a matter of fact, Ron has drove my car. The only thing different was he he just put his steering wheel on instead of mine. Burt transmission, the whole deal. Yep. And no problem driving that at all. Then no, no. Any problems getting in and out? No. Okay. It's a little slower sometimes, and it, but you know. <laughs> so but if, but if you yell fire, he'll get out oh, really yeah, quick. Yeah, that, cause I am <laughs> definitely afraid of fire. You know, that's that's my one big fear today. So yeah, you got to you got to tell us about the hangover race incident. Okay, uh, well we're not talking about the triumphs in that, but I think we're <laughs> I think I think what he's leading into you is, survived this. this yeah, so it's a triumph. I think what he's leading into is the first incident. There, there were two really memorable Sandusky experiences. Oh yes, yes. Well, the first one was 1998. It was like first or second lap of my heat race. I come in a little bit too hot into three and that and. Blew it off the uh, end of the track and got into the grass. The grass had just a little bit of snow on it, you know, and what happened? The car speeds up. The car went a whole lot faster. Oh, yes. And so I knew, I said, uh-oh, this isn't uh, a good situation. I, I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, so I figured, you know, I was going to try to, you know, turn the car sideways enough to broadside it into the tire barrier. Well, nope, didn't happen. I hit it with the right front. It launched it. I remember going over once, over twice, and then it got crazy. You know, I'm seeing sky, more sky, more sky. Then finally land, you know, it goes thud, and I'm outside in the parking lot. NASCAR style. Yes, it's one of the... uh, Upside down, too, correct? Yep. You know, one of the corner workers told me that I had cleared a telephone pole wire. That's how high the car got in the air. I thought, wow. You know, it's old car lands. And I'm listening to, like, the dust and dirt settling, you know, everything going. It's kind of quiet. And I'm assessing damage already in that. You know, I'm sitting here upside down in the car and just assessing damage. And next thing I know, Ron, Greg Martin, homeless other people all are there and they go, well, are you getting out? I says, uh, no, I'm hanging upside down. I'm kind of hooked up here and that, so, you know, just roll me over. I said, don't take your helmet off. So they roll the car over. And I think that jarred me more than the wreck itself. So they peel the roof back, and I get out. And, you know, I jump off the side of the car and land and, that, and start taking a few steps. And the medics and corner workers, they're all grabbing me. <laughs> and I go, hey. It's fine. This is as good as it's going to get, you know. <laughs> if you've ever seen Ronnie walk, it's it's a little unusual, uh, kind of a strange gait. Um, uh, yeah. Let's yeah. say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. You know? and, uh, <laughs> I walk like a gimp. Man. No, that's, no, that's what it is. No, my, wife, my wife is a nurse, and she'll tell you that one of the first signs of, of a brain injury is, is an uneasy gait. And uh, 
they, the, the paramedics no, noticed that, obviously, and uh, went into a panic. Yeah, I think first sign of a brain injury is buying a race car. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that, that, okay, that one's that one's yeah. in that one's in the history. Now, what about the other one? The other memorable yeah. one. Okay, the other memorable one was two thousand three. And you were okay though from that. Oh yeah, okay. I, I got. He I was got, okay as he is now. I had yeah. Yeah. the only thing I got out of that. I had a little bruise on on my chest and that, and I think that's where the Barney knob hit me. But uh, 2003, you know, we've got plans to go there, and I've had, you know, I had some success. Ran really good the year before. I ran, you know, my sportsman cars, well, late model, because Bold put the late model tires on and. Which Howling and I had one heck of a race, and we traded back and forth. And let's uh, let's put that on hold. I think we yeah. got Mark calling in right All now. All right. All right. Stand by for we, the rest of can, that story. We can pick it up. Yeah. Well, let's uh, hammer down racery report. Hi guys, it's Mark. Mark. Hey, it is. Mark Dowdy, Scott Hammer, uh, along with Ron Miller. Here we have uh, Ron Schultz uh, in the studio uh, with us as well. My lovely wife Kathy oh. and and uh, our uh, gateway. Uh, gateway guy here he's uh he's keeping us updated on what's going on there right so uh yeah we're talking about uh, are you familiar with uh ron schultz at all yes okay uh, i think we've crossed paths a couple times in pit areas yes <laughs> compared notes <laughs> now, your story's a little bit different than than ron's is uh you had actually started racing before uh your your incident uh uh background about how you got started in racing before uh, we get to that uh to go all the way back i uh, i grew up in concord michigan which is uh north of y'all a little ways there okay and uh we had we had a little race shop there in town called bicycle racing equipment and uh i just i used to love on saturdays i'd ride my bicycle down there because everybody went coming down m60 to go to butler speedway would stop and buy alcohol at bicycle racing equipment. So I rode my bicycle down there every Saturday and just looked at the race cars as they'd stop to fuel up with the alcohol. <laughs> and it, um, after enough of that, he asked me, he says, uh, do you want to sweep the floors or something? So, and me, I was like, yeah, I'm all over that. And uh, that went from sweeping the floors to learning how to weld and uh going along to the races with him when when he still raced and that just kind of took over i mean i was all about racing after that so you started racing at uh, butler yeah my first race driving was in 1988 at butler motor speedway in a street stock nice was was that how you came up with your number yep actually it was uh i was just trying to think of what number i, w I really didn't have one set number on my mind and I thought, well, heck, it's 1988, so I went with 88. And then one year at a dealer's choice race up in Crystal, Michigan, there was about six 88s <laughs> in the IMCA mod division. So we threw a D on it, and I've been 88D ever since. So where'd, uh, how many years did you race at, uh, at Butler? I raced the street stocks and the open mods. Uh, street, street stocks one year at Butler. And then I went into a division that they called the Open Mods, and they had them at Butler, Bryan, and Oakshade. And it was kind of a cornucopia of everything. As long as it didn't have fenders on the front, I guess 
and EC2's tires, it was an open mod. Well, and then at Oakshade, they uh, they ran the open mods with the six-cylinder late models, and that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. You had, like I said, you had everything from the upright East Coast modifieds to uh, late models with no fenders on to home purpose built modifieds that the Slades had and everything. And I remember that. Little Joe yeah. Bennett, we talked about them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right. They were a real neat division, and I raced those for a couple more years there at Butler. And then uh, I kind of seen the writing on the wall as to what was fixing to happen to that division. So I bought an IMCA modified and took off with that and traveled around. Oh, I spent a lot of time at I-96, Michigan, Ionia, mm-hmm. uh, Hartford, Crystal, um, over to Kankakee, Illinois. I spent a lot of time shooting around Illinois. And, of course, if we went to Eldora, we ran under the UMP banner, which at that time wasn't very much different than the IMCA banner, but they've both grown apart from each other now. Mm-hmm. So when did when did you uh, start uh, racing late models? In uh, 1999, I sold. At that time, I had three Bice car modifieds and four engines, and I sold all three Bice cars and all four engines and bought one late model. And uh, so in 1999, I started in a late model. And there again, back to Butler Motor Speedway. Now was that a car that uh, Jim built? No, I bought a. It was a Donnie Moran. Leaf Spring Masterbuilt. Okay. And uh, I bought it from Donnie Moran, and it was an old Leaf Spring Masterbuilt. And it was so simple, it was stupid. I mean, just drive it, and when the track dries out, you put a two inch spacer on the left rear and you drive it some more. I mean, <laughs> that was about it. Of course, we didn't have the shock setups like we do now, what have you. But that's what got me into the late model stuff. Yeah, and. So you you were racing that for when did you end up uh, moving down to Alabama? Um, I got hurt in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Was that where was that at? That was uh, just outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was riding my mm-hmm. motorcycle to work, mm-hmm. and I was hit head on by a three quarter ton Dodge pickup truck. Oh, and uh, it took me the whole summer of two thousand and eight. That happened May thirteenth in two thousand and eight. It took me the whole summer of two thousand eight to get recovered from that and then i moved this my family's home in alabama i moved down here which i had already planned that move before that anyway because my daughter was going to college that year gotcha and my plan was as soon as my daughter gets out of high school and goes to college she went to high school in angola indiana that's where i was living at the time okay once i got her to college i was going back to alabama well i went ahead with that plan and i just Went back to Alabama a little different than I expected to. I bet. So what uh, what exactly were the uh, the injuries then you suffered in that uh, that accident? It uh it broke my back in three places, uh, busted every rib but one, crushed my or I'm sorry deflated my lungs, broke my sternum, and dislocated a hip. That's a pretty good and scorecard. Yeah, and when one of the ribs broke, it swung down like a sickle blade and sliced my spinal cord right in half. Oh. So that was a deal like my doctor, I mean, he was a real hard nose. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to fill you full of false hope or nothing. The doctor I had come right in and told me. He said, 
your injury, no one's ever recovered for a completely severed spinal cord. He said, but the good news is, I was 38 at the time, in really good shape. He said, the good news is you can still lead a productive life. You just can't do it while you're walking. And so it was nice because I didn't sit there with a bunch of false hope thinking, well, maybe someday my legs will start working again. I knew it wasn't going to happen. So I just approached everything like, uh, well, i got to figure out how to do this without being able to use my legs. So so you're paralyzed from the waist down then? Correct, right okay. right at the waistline where you would wear your belt for your jeans. Now, did you ever think about, did you have any thoughts about ever getting back into a race car at this point in time? Uh, actually, yeah, I was still in the hospital. And uh, <laughs> doctors and some physical therapists and what have you started telling me that there were some things in my life I'm just going to have to realize I can't do anymore and i got to give it up. And I was... Uh, I was just thinking the back side of my head. I said, now, if if I can ride a snowmobile without needing my feet and I can ride a jet ski without using my feet, I can figure out how to drive a race car without using my feet. So you're already scheming things in your mind at this point. Oh, yeah. In the, yeah. Hos- in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I was still late. I laid up in the hospital until, oh, it was the end of June before I even got out of the hospital. I, was, I lived at Parkview Memorial Hospital in Fort Wayne for a few months there. So you had plenty of time to be thinking this. It's it's pretty amazing. You and Ronnie over here have pretty much the same timeline on your injuries. Yeah. He was hurt in May and was uh, hospitalized, what, 44 days, you said? Uh, no, 44 days was when they told me I'd never walk again. Oh, I was, okay. I was from May 20th to November 1st. Pretty, okay. sim- pretty similar timeline. Yeah, May's a tough month for us, Mark. <laughs> you know. yep. So when did, uh, when did you actually get back into a race car again? Uh, the summer of 2009. I had spent all winter down here in Alabama, and uh, I had a brand-new Warrior chassis that we put together, and a good friend of mine who's no longer with us anymore, um, Dennis Brewer, we all call him Sleepy B. Me and him spent the whole winter trying to come up with how to do this, and I finally got a little system built, and we put it together, took the car to a racetrack in Summertown, Tennessee, which is only about an hour's drive from where I live, and I just tagged the tail of the field that night to to get some laps and see what if it's going to work. And we went on doing that for about a month, and pretty soon I was comfortable enough that I just started racing up through the field. <laughs> and the car felt good. I didn't feel like I was a threat to nobody else, so I just started passing cars, and I thought, and I thought well, heck, here we go. Nice. Were there any naysayers thinking that uh, this Mark guy doesn't belong here, or uh, were, were, were they generally supportive? Yeah, there was a few people that just kind of reserved judgment. Nobody really came out and said, you don't belong here. But uh, through all my years of racing, I had traveled around enough that the man that owned the racetrack knew me. And he knew I wasn't going to do anything stupid, and he seen that I was starting in the back just to kind of see what was going on. And a lot of people just thought they'd reserve judgment until they see what happened. And I went about it the right way with building my way back, getting competitive. And then another thing, too, is whenever we traveled to other racetracks and everything, I never drove through the pit gate and said, hey, look at me, I'm paralyzed. We always tried to park off away by ourselves and do our own little thing without raising a bunch of awareness. And then it wasn't until I got the action track chair deal 
that I really started catching a lot of attention because you can't really roll around in that thing without catching attention. <laughs> Explain that to our listeners so they, they know what we're talking about. Um, there's a company called ActionTrackChair.com that builds, it's basically a tank-looking wheelchair that it's has like tracks an all, on both like sides. Like an all-terrain vehicle. Correct. It's a wheelchair that's got ATV tracks on both sides, and you run it with a joystick like a power wheelchair, and it just goes wherever you want it to go. And it also has, the cool thing is it's got the ability to stand me up vertical at the same time. That thing looks and, pretty badass, too, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, and you got to get used to people looking at you when you're in something like that because, I mean, it's like walking around with a, a giant pink tutu on your head or something. I mean, people, <laughs> people are going to stare. So, hey, come on now. we got a, a racing friend that uh, is in love with pink, so be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, I've been a big supporter of his since the little kid whooped my butt at Butler one night. Yeah. And I, I hope he puts it to him out there at the Dome this week. Yeah. So what uh, what exactly uh, did you do to your car to uh, to make it so that you can uh, you could compete once again? Well, it's on about its eighth different version right now. We've chucked it apart and rebuilt it several different times. The original deal was I took a uh, a steering wheel from a Honda Odyssey, the little ATVs that Honda came out with in the 80s, mm-hmm. and we I put a thumb throttle on it and a handbrake on it, and that was the first design. But then I found out that handbraking a 2,300-pound late model is very difficult. So I ended up integrating my collapsible steering column with limit switches, basically, and it... When I want to stop now, I push forward on my steering column, and it travels the brake pedal just like when you push the brake pedal with your foot. Mm-hmm. And I built a steering wheel with, with throttle paddles on each side, a right throttle paddle and a left throttle paddle, because I found early on that I'd get throttle pump in long races, and my arms would really cramp up. So by having a right and a left, I could switch off from one side to the other and give one arm a break over the other. Like uh, we traveled around the the Neesmith Chevrolet sure. Super Late Model Series with the 525 stuff, and every race was 50 laps or longer. So we had to figure out how to make sure I could go 50 laps. So uh, we ended up with dual pi- dual throttle paddles, and then, like I said, the steering or the brakes on that thing—you push the steering wheel forward and collapse the steering column, and that pushes the brake, the reservoir forward for the master cylinders. Nice. So you're an engineer then, too? No, <laughs> I'm just a uh, uh, dumb hillbilly from Concord that just loves racing. And I just when I jumped into racing, I mean, I was a racer from '88, but in '97 when I went through my divorce. I went head first into the IMCA scene to to just uh, I mean I I quit hunting I quit bowling I quit playing softball I, racing was everything so when I was laying there in that hospital bed in Fort Wayne I thought I still got to figure out some way to stay in this sport and you did yeah and I did and uh, this year I'm actually getting out of the driver's seat and gonna put on the car owner hat. Really? I was actually going to ask about what you had planned. You're, so you're not going to race anymore? No. At the end of this year, I started getting out of the driver's seat. Um, I found out that on Sundays, every time I raced re- this year, 
my back was killing me. So I went and had it checked out and come to find out all the there's a lot of hardware holding me together. <laughs> well, it was all coming loose. And they had to go in and tighten it up. And I asked that doctor, I said, uh, am I going to have to do this every eight or nine years or what's going on? And he said, well, you're the only paralyzed patient I have that still does the stuff you used to do. And he says, you just got to realize that you're going to shake loose. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in uncharted territory. You're on your own. Correct. Correct. So uh, it started getting pretty painful on Sundays. So I'm getting out of the car and I've had a couple people I own two cars, and I had another guy driving for me for the last couple of years in the second car. Well, he's uh, his his kids are getting up there in age and playing ball games and stuff, so he's he's hanging up the helmet too. So I've got uh, somebody that I used to run around cross paths with every now and then in the modified world from the Midwest out there, and I'm going to put him in a late model, and uh, I'm going to just wear the car owner hat this year. All right, you're gonna. You're probably going to miss, though, getting in it, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, and to make sure that I don't get a, a stupid um, uh, stupid thoughts every now and then, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and when we hang the new body on the car this year, I'm going to put the regular door in there like everybody else has got. I've got a flip-down door to where I can jump in and out a little easier and quicker. Um, I'm going to put it back the regular way, and that way I, I know I stay out of it. <laughs> I, I was uh, watching an interview uh, with you from a, a few years uh, back. You were talking about uh, uh, you've been in some uh, pretty bad wrecks, flipped uh, whatever, and I'm guessing that probably would have contributed to shaking some of uh, the parts uh, holding you together loose. But uh, you had a comment to, uh, I guess, after one of those wrecks to uh, one of the paramedics. Uh, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Or Yeah, actually, that's a... That's a pretty funny story down here. Uh, Mike Vaughn, that, that owns the Neesmith series, which is now the Durance Lane series, it was the very first, the inaugural race for the, the Super Late Model series that they run. It's the 525 only series that utilizes just the LS aluminum 525 engine. And uh, we were in Penton, Alabama, and I barrel rolled off the corner of the track and landed upside down on my roof. Uh, much like your other guests there. <laughs> and they came in, and the paramedics were laying on their stomach, and the lady, I remember it was a, a female voice, she says, she says, we need you to unhook, and we're going to slide you out of the car and roll the car over. And I said, no, no, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> and she said, no. I said, why don't you just roll the car over with me hooked up? And she said, no, we don't want to hurt you any further take the chance of hurting you further. And I told her, I said, lady, if I unhook this buckle, I'm going to come down like a pile of laundry. <laughs> and she said, no, I'll help you support. And I said, no, I'm paralyzed. And about that time, <laughs> all the way around the race car, it got super quiet. And uh, they said, well, how do you know you're paralyzed, sir? I said, well, I was paralyzed when I got in this race car, and unless... <laughs> Something miracle happened. I'm probably still paralyzed. <laughs> and Mike Vaughn, who promoted the series, he, he started laughing, and the track owner was there, and he had a look on his face like the look of death. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now? And like I said before, it was one of those deals where when we rolled into the racetrack, we didn't put up the paralyzed flag and tell everybody, hey, this is what's going on. We just kept it to ourselves. And the average race fan in the grandstands, 
didn't know it until the word got out, and I started running better. Next thing you know, people started picking up on the idea, and it just it just snowballed. <laughs> wow. Uh, one last question for you here. Uh, one, uh, one of our listeners actually just posted a message here. He wants to know if you ever owned a 2008 Boss chassis. A 2008 Boss chassis? Yeah, he said he bought one used that has a flip-down door. Just wondered. He wondered if you had owned it. Oh, no, but I have uh, showed that flip-down door to several people. And uh, with the situation that's going on in the dirt late model world right now with the containment seats and what have you, I'm all for the full containment seats. I just wish some of these guys would think about installing that door, the guys that are on the larger size, Mm -hmm. because with the thump of an elbow, that door pops right open, and it's easy to get out of a containment seat. And I see guys, like even guys at the top level and the Lucas level, I mean, I was getting out of my car quicker than they could. And I just wish some of these guys would look at it and swallow their pride. It's... I know everybody calls it a fat man door or whatever, and just look at it as a, hey, that it's just an easier way to get out of a tight spot. Either that or a roof flap for guys that uh, don't have the, the issues that you do. Yeah, yeah. But when you flip that door down, I mean, it, it gives you another nine inches of, of room to get in and out of the car, and that nine inches is huge when you're in a hurry and maybe you got fired and licking at your heels or something like that. Absolutely. Well, Mark, uh, we're up against uh, time here. We appreciate the time uh, you've given us to uh, tell us your story. No problem, guys. I'm I'm glad I got asked. <laughs> well, good luck uh, with the car owner thing. Uh, we'll have to touch base uh, maybe next year to see how that's going. Yeah, and you got to right. Mark. You got to know you're a hero to me, buddy. Well, thanks, Ron. I remember <laughs> racing against you like back in the Brian days and what have oh, you. Oh, come mean, on now. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like an old guy when I start bringing up racetracks <laughs> that are closed down now. Yeah. But uh, I'll probably get up there to Oakshade a time or two this year, maybe get up there and watch Rusty and uh, and catch up with you guys. We'll be there. All right. Scott will be up in the tower. You can uh, wheel up there and yell at him. Oh, yeah. With my that track chair, I can just wheel right up the grandstand. And see <laughs> That's it. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mark. Thanks for calling. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right, bye. Mark Dowdy. Awesome. Cool. Uh, real quick. Your story, your second story from uh, Sandusky Speedway. The good story. Okay, yeah. So, uh, as we were going to that, you know, Ron says, you know, you bring your car to the shop, you know, we'll get it ready for the hangover. Okay, so I bring it there and, you know, bring it there. And then uh, New Year's Eve, you know, he says, come on over and that, you know, I'm having a little get-together. and Yeah, we've had a few get-togethers that uh, get out of control. Yep. So uh, I go into the shop, and it's got this billboard on the side. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, you know, <laughs> so this is this is going to be fun. You know? So we make the plans. And that was that, one of the first board cars out of our shop. So we make the plans, you know, that uh, Tim Wright had an open trailer, so he, I took his car, and he took my car down there. And I said I went out for hot labs, put it in the first corner, spun it, you know, just because there was a – it pushed real hard in turn one and two because the way the wind was going. But three and four, I could flat foot it through it. And I said, oh, boy, this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so the heat race comes. You know, they start me dead last in the heat race. And I went it going away. I think I lapped about, I think I, I might have lapped the whole field the whole, in the heat race and that going away. Was he race? No, no. Ron didn't race that year. 
Arthur Roseanne had his car that that year. Yeah, yeah. I I loaned out the car. Yep. Okay. I think our our engine was out at the shop or no. something. So anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so the feature time comes and they started twenty eight cars. They started in row thirteen. Wow, they had a lot of cars. <laughs> yeah, outside, yeah, outside of row thirteen, and so going in the you know the green comes out, we go into the first corner, and everything gets bottled up. And I get into the back end of somebody, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> so you know, I'm keeping an eye on the temperature gauge to see if you know if I did if I busted a radiator or busted something. Well, nothing happened, and you know, so everything's fine. I figure. And as the race goes on, about lap two or three, it starts to rain. But you it's know. the hangover race, though, so they keep yeah, racing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This, oh, yeah. this race, okay. they run a rain shine or anything, and then it starts to rain. So the next lap, I go to pull a tear off, off, and what happens? I get all of them gone. <laughs> no more tear offs. I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is just getting better by the minute, you know. And so I figured, well, I'll just crack the shield a little bit, you know, this little quarter, three inches, half inch gap, maybe top, you know, and I figured it's just water. Well, during the course of the race, between, you know, water and everything else, and I chased down the leader, well, it's about lap 20 when I finally got the lead. I chased him down from a long way, but all this time, you know, I've had my... The gap, you know, the gap in my helmet and that, and, you know, I figured the water just wash everything. Well, it comes down for the checkered flag. I didn't know it was the checkered flag. You know, everything is just a big blur. In black and white, you know, and so I get to the back stretch and that, and the corner, and the uh, track workers are on the apron and that, and they're giving me thumbs up and they're clapping. I said, man, I just won this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so... uh I get to the front stretch for the pictures, and my brother hands me the plaque. He goes, it's a nice plaque. I go, yeah, it's a nice plaque. He goes, you got it upside down. I literally couldn't see it. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't see it. So after the pictures and everything, we go back, and, you know, they hurry up and rush me into the uh, motor home. And well, start- why don't you tell them how you got out of the race car to get your picture taken? You, oh yeah, you, you you crawl out the top, man. There's yeah. no there's no roof in it, so you crawl out the top of the cage. And, but he couldn't see, so yeah. Greg Martin grabbed one side, I grabbed the yeah. other, and we oh, just yeah. hoisted him up. Yeah, out I of forgot. The car, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Tossed him out on the racetrack. Yep. And so they start, you know, trying to wash my eyes out, and then they go, "Man, this is way too bad. You got to go to the hospital." I'm thinking. Oh, this ain't this great, you know. <laughs> now we can't. Now we can't walk. He's blind. Yeah, you know. And I'm thinking, what should be, you know, probably one of the biggest triumphs of my racing career and my life and everything else. And yeah, saying, you know, basically the party should have been legendary, you know, <laughs> you know. And nope. So I went there and I spent basically about three and a half hours in the hospital with them, pulling rocks, dirt. Tires, rubber, rubber yeah. you know, more dirt. Or, because I remember the doctor saying to me, he goes, he goes, where was you? I go, that Sandusky racing. He goes, racing? He goes, you raced? 
He goes, this is the second worst set of eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, think about with my end. They, they, they look for my end. You know, they're not looking too good on this end either, you know. So, and he goes, what did you, he goes, how much did you run? I said, I ran the whole race. He goes, what? He goes, what'd you do? I said, I won. He goes, he just shakes his head, you know. And, and you know, they, like I said, it took him like three hours to clean me up. And even the next day, you know, they they told me just go to the eye doctors here in Toledo and that and see somebody. And, you know, they dilated me and I was still all blurry and everything. And But, you know, what turned out to be, you know, should have been a legendary good time. And then it was, it was a ride home. I got back to the shop. Ron took my truck and trailer home that but night. But you still got the trophy. Yep. Got, you know, I don't have the trophy. I gave it to <laughs> I gave it to my crew chief. Oh, yeah. So your eyes are better now, though. Oh, eyes are fine. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Big, big question: Did you really go to the eye doctor? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. I went there. They dilated them. You know, and told me not to drive. I drove here with them. <laughs> They're worse <laughs> when I drove here. You know, so you know that didn't change much. And yeah, that's. My Sandusky, you know, okay. tales and that. You know, I've had two legendary things, and they both, you know, one good with a strange ending, and one was just playing <laughs> playing crazy, and they, you know. And so, when's the next time we're going to see you uh, at track? Are you going to be at the Hangover Race this year? He still got the race car. I still got the race car in there, but probably not. If it's cold, I'm not going. <laughs> you know. What about sometime next year? Next summer? Uh, I haven't retired yet. Okay. I still have the car. You know. I'm coming back. Kind of like Carl Edwards. He he hasn't retired. He just went away for a while. Just taking a break. I had, I had responsibilities. And when I got married and that, you know, my household came first. And then it's, you know, still does. Well, Ron Schultz, uh, uh, thanks for uh, for coming in and telling your story as well. Uh, oh, it's been a pleasure, Dad. It, you know, I wish we had more time. In that yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and bust out some uh, news here before uh, we're up against the 8 o'clock. Scott, you got like 30 seconds. Go ahead. Can I get one to Go ahead. We had one, and this involves my great tracy builder and that. We had a little night at Oakshade where I cut a tire. I went over the top of the berm real quick and that. I'm limping it down the back stretch, you know, to the pit to get back to the pit entrance. Nothing. Bam! This guy hits me. And I think, what the heck just happened here? So, you know, I'm getting towed in. And I get this guy beating on the side of my car. Boy, we're going to have a talk. Boy, we're going to have a talk. Oh, boy. So they get me back to my pit stall and that. And I'm getting ready to get out. And he made the choice words of, you can't even walk. What are you driving a race car for? I, I think his exact words, you dumb son of a bitch. You can't even walk. What the hell are you driving a race car for? And I just told him, well, what took you so long to hit me if he was running so great? You know, because I was running great, you know, what took you so long to hit me? Well, after he made them choice words, uh, Ron went over a couple people and that, and I think the fight we had down there was legendary in that because they was kind of outnumbered a little bit, and you know. Who, <laughs> and, was, it? Who was it? Beats me. What? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen him since. Uh, <laughs> oh, who was involved in the fight? Who? Yeah, who was the, uh, yeah. Oh, the other guy? Yeah. I'm not going to say his name on oh, here. I, okay. You know, I reserve it. Hey, it's my job to ask. I, I understand that, but, you know, hey. I do remember one of the track officials, maybe the pit steward, um, asking me if I saw something, and I explained what happened and never heard anything. You must have had some rubber in your eyes. I did. 
No, we never got no trouble. We never got no trouble. What happened? We don't know. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just got to take care of business. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about some uh, news here real quick. Okay. Bust things out here. Uh, I asked you about this Tuesday. You said you hadn't heard anything about a uh, uh, Sprint Car Council being formed. Right. Have you have you heard anything about it since then? No, no, just you you filled me in a little bit constituents from across the country representing sanctioning bodies tracks car owners chassis builders and drivers have announced a uh, sprint car council which uh, the purpose of it will be to improve communication in the sprint car industry focus focusing on car and track safety improving consistency and rules maintaining costs enforcing suspensions across all tracks and series and overall improvement of sprint car racing for drivers team owners series tracks and fans some of the uh, members that are part of this, there's a whole huge list, but just some of them are Tony Stewart's uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions, uh, Attica Raceway Park, uh, American Sprint Car Series, Darren Pittman, Knoxville Raceway, National Sprint League, Paul McMahon, USAC, World of Outlaws, and like I said, there's a ton of more. So it's like a lot of people are coming together. Well, I really respect the That's fact. That's a cool thing. I, I like the fact that there are racers involved, there's tracks involved. They got a little bit not, of everybody. Not somebody uh, sitting... They're, they're, just just mandating what's going to happen. But they're not making rules or anything. They're just kind of coming together but the, to but communicate. Will, but there what's will going be on. input yeah. to try and towards get future rule changes. Altogether. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Making things more consistent. Speaking of the All Stars, uh, they have a new title sponsor. They're no longer the Articat All Star Circuit of Champions. They are now the uh Ali's Bargain Outlet oh, All Star Circuit cool. of Champions. And they've released their 2019 schedule. That'll be kicking off uh, January 31st at Bubba Raceway Park in uh, Florida, which will be the first of 56 events. Attica's got a uh, a few races, as they always do. April 19th and 20th, May 24th, June 14th. June 14th. I was making a new day there. Okay. Uh, August uh, 30th and 31st, and uh, they'll be at Mansfield on uh, June 20th, Lima Land, uh, June 21st. They're going to be up at 996 in... Uh, Michigan on the 16th of August. Uh, and Eldora's got a couple shows the uh, 15th of June and the final show of the season, at least on their schedule so far, the 28th of uh, September. Notably missing from that list is a certain track that was on it last year. Didn't run any races there last year, but it was on the list at the beginning of the season. Still not there. Millstream. Yeah. Millstream's not on the list. So really? I'm not really surprised. That's a shame. But, yeah, it is a shame. It would be a good race. Uh, Chili Bowl update for 2019 that's coming up in January. They have 129 entries uh, so far, uh, including 21 A feature starters, 14 rookies from 103 municipalities, 24 states, two countries. Uh, that was as of Tuesday. It could be more than that. Scott Bloomquist news. He's uh, racing at the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals. Apparently had some issues uh, in qualifying. We'll talk about that in just a second. He uh, ran a race, at, I think it was in Georgia, the Turkey 100. It's a 20,000 to win crate late model show. He had the fastest qualifying time. Uh, and I believe it was the first time in a crate late model, if I, if I recall correctly. But uh, his time was disallowed because he didn't have a fan blade attached to his uh, motor. He didn't realize that that was against the rules for a crate late model. Apparently the rule is... I, I've seen some dyno tests uh and there are a couple of fan blades that are pretty popular with racers that uh 
on an open motor use a huge amount of, of power, like 31 horsepower. Now, on an open motor, that's not a big deal, um, as long as the motor is staying cool. But you take 31 horsepower away from a crate engine that's only got 350 horsepower to begin with, that's a big deal. Well, he ended up uh, finishing third in the feature. Uh, Second-place finisher, Kyle Bronson. Apparently, he's got a little feud with him. Uh, I don't, didn't really get into the details as to what the feud was uh, all about, but he called Bloom, Bloomquist's uh, crew, quote, whiny-ass bitches, unquote. Uh, Brandon well, that Overton, was kind of unkind. Brandon Overton <laughs> was the uh, winner of the uh, $20,000 race there. And, yeah, got some uh, Overton news here in just a second. ARCA released their 2019 schedule. It's got uh, 20 races at 18 different tracks in 13 states. New this year is a second event at Pocono and Salem Speedway. Uh, also, Five Flags Speedway in Florida returns to the schedule for the first time since 1992. They're going to be uh, here at Toledo. I'm guessing that's the Menards 200 on uh, May 19th. And ARCA race up at MIS on June 7th. Atomic Speedway has announced they're going to have a uh, free general admission show. Really? Yeah. June 19th. Late Models, Modifieds, uh, Sport Mods. I think it's 2000 to win for the Late Models, too. I mean, it's not like a, a cheap show. Right. It's like a real show. So, yeah. That could pay benefits, though. Could be interesting. You, yeah. you could get some people coming out that wouldn't normally be there. Was and, it and, uh, get, and get them hooked, and obviously they're going to buy hot dogs and hamburgers. I think it's and, a dollar hot dog night too. Ooh, is, wasn't it? Was it Florence that had the free night? It was someplace in yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, it was Florence. So uh, apparently that idea catching on. Maybe a good way to get people out to the track for the first time. Um, silly season. We talked about that. All kinds of uh, rides changing hands. Uh, mentioned Brandon Overton, winner of the Turkey One Hundred, uh, otherwise known as Big Sexy. He's going to be uh, running the Rum Runner number two, uh, teaming up with uh, Joey Coulter in 2019, and they're switching to rocket chassis. Josh Richards will be driving for Clint Boyer in 2019, replacing Daryl Lanigan. The team will also switch to rocket chassis from Club 29 chassis. I, I was going to say, I couldn't imagine him being in anything other than one of his dad's race cars. Tyler Erb is uh, moving to Best Performance Motorsports. Just down the road. And Best Performance Motorsports is debuting their new Dirt Midget operation this weekend at the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals with Landon Simon behind the wheel. Whoa. What? Something you don't know about? <laughs> yeah, you right. got one over on Davey. <laughs> uh, Donnie Schatz will have a new crew chief uh, next season. Tony Stewart Racing has transitioned uh, veteran crew chief Rick Warner into a role leading the team's uh, R&D efforts with the uh, Ford Sprint Car Engine Program they plan to introduce in World of Outlaw competition oh all right and uh finally uh that's uh, pretty much all the news i have Dirt fin- finally that's about it finally that's about it um a lot of a lot of names uh big names this weekend at the gateway dirt uh nationals but you do have some preliminary results has just started yet yeah, well i believe davy does i don't understand his numbers here this is that modified qualifying nick hoffman Fast qualifier, 11.851. Arnold Bollinger, Trey Harris, Kenny Wallace. I forgot he's there, too. He was uh, fifth fast. Nicely. Josh Harris, Strickler, Wheeler, Clippinger is top 10. Uh, the rest of that's all notes. Okay. Yeah, that's just notes. Have they started racing yet? 
Uh, no, they're getting ready to do the drawing for the race champions. All right. So, so you haven't missed anything yet. So we haven't. We're not stepping over uh, the Gateway Dirt National. Some of the other names uh, that are there racing, uh, at least in the late models, we got Shannon Babb, Rich Bell, Bloomquist, Coulter, Davenport, Zach Dome, Dennis Erb, Fager's there, Rusty Schlank's there, Matt Shipley's there, Bobby Pierce is there, Austin Redding, uh, Mike Spatola, Ryan Unzicker, and then uh, some of the uh, midget drivers, Rico, Rico Abreu, Yay. Justin Allgaier, uh, Bobby Pierce, Interesting. Darren Pittman, Joey Saldana, Donnie Schatz, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Tony Stewart, Brad Sweet, Sammy Swindell, uh, J.J. Yaley. Those are just uh, some of the... No, no shortage names. of names in the media yeah. division. So wow. Uh, pretty, yeah, obviously, Kenny Wallace uh, in the modifieds. Have you got the top 10 late model qualifiers? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. We kind of touched on that earlier. Tanner English was the uh, top qualifier. Davenport was second. T-Mac third pierce wow just barely over uh, pierce pierce's fourth uh there's the two that were tied billy moyer senior and uh brandon shepherd both had a time of 11.319 but i guess moyer gets fifth he gets six shepherd gets six Welshan, welshan jason jason welshan uh, was seventh moyer jr was eighth uh gordy gundaker i thought moyer jr was retired but he, he unretired. Uh, apparently he's unretired uh, Gordy Gundaker was ninth. Tyler Carp is it Tyler Carpenter? Yep. Tenth. Then we had Dome, Herb Jr. Twelfth, Robertson thirteenth, Cooney. Looks like Looney. <laughs> I think that was Looney Robinson, King. not Robertson. He wrote I, Robinson. I think so. Yeah. And uh, Rusty Slink, as we mentioned, uh, qualified fifteenth. So uh, they're getting ready to uh, get things going there tonight. Is the race of champions five thousand to win for the uh, Super Late Models twenty lap uh, feature event. They're also having some heat races for the modifieds. Then tomorrow heat races start at three p.m. local time, which is four p.m. our time uh, for uh, Super Lates and midgets. And what else we got going on? What, Davey? Any idea on the uh, starting lineup for that? For the race of champions, is it based on qualifying or pill draw? No, they do a pill draw before they start the race. So it's strictly random? Yes. Okay. So they got a couple of 3,000 to win modified races tomorrow night, a couple of 3,000 to win midget races. Uh, and Super Lates will be running a couple of 20-lap uh, uh, 5,000 to win races on Friday night. Saturday night. Uh... Racing uh, again starts at 8 p.m. local time. That'd be our time, not their time. 7 p.m. their time, which I guess would be local time, right? Or local time if you're in, there. Depends on where your KC, local is, yeah. right? Uh, Super Late Miles will be running a 30,000 to win, a 40-lap main event. Uh, midgets, 10,000 to win, 30 laps. And the uh, Modifieds will be doing 10,000 to win, 30 laps as well. So. And something surprising, which I learned watching today, that's the second highest paying midget race around right now. In the country. Yeah. Probably why they got quite a few big names in there. Or this year, the first one was 15. How much did that uh, one at uh, Indianapolis? I don't yeah, know. I thought that was like about 10 grand too. Yeah, somewhere around there. But yeah. the highest paying midget race so far was only 15. All right. Well, that's about it for uh, this edition of the Hammerdown Racing Report. We'll get out of here, so uh, if you do plan on watching the Gateway Dirt Nationals, uh, you can do that without us interrupting. And you don't have to turn us off. No. And uh, you can, don't forget, listen on demand 
on iHeartRadio. Go to hammerdownracingreport.com. We have a direct link to our uh, iHeartRadio channel there. And what you can also, search and, for and on your also, app on your phone. There's also a direct link on where to vote for us for, oh, yes. your, for your favorite podcast. Yeah, once Do again, the, we are up for Best of Toledo, Best Podcast. The Toledo City Paper puts that on every year. Please vote for us daily. Every day. Up it, until it, the and 18th and of December. And it's not cheating. No. And uh, you can vote for us. We got a link right where you can uh, just click and vote for us. It's on our Facebook page. Once a day, every day. Facebook.com slash Hammerdown Racing Report. That post is uh, pinned up there. Click on it. It'll take you to uh, Toledo City Papers uh, page. And then you just got to wait for the little thing to load up. If you're impatient, it won't load up. And you'll be like, what am I supposed to do here? Just wait for it. It takes about three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. The first time, I think it might make you actually enter your email address. You can just make one up if you need to. Yeah. It's fine. They don't care. Yeah. Well, they probably would prefer a real one, but. And if you're shopping for uh, the racer in your family or your friend who's a racer, give Ron a call. Yes, please do. Tires for Christmas. Everybody wants them. Well, racers do at least. Racers do, yeah. Uh, give him a call, 734-856-7223. If you can't uh, figure out what to uh, get that racer in your family, give him a call. He'll uh, MasterCard, help you out MasterCard, Visa, and Discover, great, graciously mm-hmm. accepted. Absolutely. Even take the card from you and uh, go shopping. That's it. I'm not sure you'll get what uh, he gets you, but uh, yeah. So that's it uh, for tonight. Uh, enjoy the Gateway Dirt Nationals. I think we're going to have fun next week uh, putting it, uh, just putting the wraps on it. Uh, I think we're going to have a throwback Thursday next week. Are we? This yeah. is news to me. No, it's not news. I told you. Don't start. You said it. You gave me it was an idea. So. Well, who, I, who I, we I, got? I, I just ran with who the we, idea. Are we having you on? No. <laughs> I'm not a throwback. I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still. I'm so st- throwback would be racers that used to race. Yeah, I'm still okay. viable. Gotcha. Sort of. So uh, who, any... Uh, any hint as to who we're, we're looking at? Uh, I can tell you who I'm reaching out to. Okay. Uh, Jeff Brown. Okay, I remember Rick, Rick Temple. I don't remember that. Rob Leaf. I remember Rob. And uh, a couple other guys. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll see how it all works out, and we're how, working, how everybody's schedule is. We're working to uh, get Anton Hernandez on the show, too, who uh, is going to be running in the, the Chili Bowl. All right. I almost said next month, but thinking it's December already. but it. January, almost next month. Two days month. from now, it's yeah. next month. Yeah. So, again, uh, thanks to Mark Dowdy for uh, calling in and Ron Schultz. Thank you for uh, coming in and, and talking to Been us. Been a pleasure. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good stories there and a lot of inspiration to uh, to uh, people, I'm sure, Yeah, as well. so when you've got a headache and you tell people you can't go race. <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, it doesn't work. could be worse. So. You don't get any sympathy here. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Tune in again, Facebook Live, 7 o'clock Thursday night. Thanks for listening. Please vote. On behalf of Ron Miller, I'm Scott Hammer. We'll see you next week. Bye. You have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. Listen on demand on iHeartRadio. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. 
That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 